Lewis and Marla got moved, and uh, Lewis had some health issues, and uh, I saw him Friday, and he was in good spirits, and he's recovering. There's still some uh, healing to come, but I know you guys saw him yesterday, yesterday, and so he's got to slow down a little bit. That guy's like a bulldog. I mean, you get him working, it's like we kept telling him, Lewis, slow down, slow down, so, but keep Lewis in your prayers. I just have great confidence that God is going to keep healing, and I have great confidence for Charlie. God's with Charlie, too. Someone say amen. amen. We had great testimonies of uh, healing and God touching people. I, I don't want anybody to... Does anybody have a healing testimony that they want to share, specifically a healing testimony? I've got one. I know we got some, but... Go ahead. Go ahead. Share it. Tell us. And we prayed for your mom. She was down in Florida or is in Florida? She was. She was. Could tell her to come to church. No, <laughs> we miss her. She does watch it. Hi, Mandy's mom, if you're watching. So the spots are gone. Okay, and we had prayed for her as a church. Someone say amen. amen. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Tony, who we love and know very well, Tony and Ann, was having some chest pains, heart issues, stress tests, came back A-okay, right? Praise the Lord. Amen. I, and I like these healing testimonies because healing is something people struggle with. Anybody ever struggle with healing? I'm, I'm the only one, I know. So, But uh, um, yeah, so it's, it's good to hear these testimonies. I had uh, a relative of mine call me uh, last week he was talking about some things in the family getting together. I haven't seen him in years, and even then I probably just saw him briefly. And he grew up in a denominational church, and this is the same one I did. And anyway, he's telling me he had, he had fallen, I don't want to exaggerate, but it seemed like he said like really high, I don't know if it was 30 feet, but he had fallen and he fell straight on his butt on his back and hurt his back. And this was years ago, and he can't hunt because he has uh, back pain, and uh, he can't stay, he can't, a lot of things he can't do. And um, as he was talking to me, the Lord said, pray with him. And I'm like, I know he's kind of that mindset, because I grew up in that mindset. I wasn't nervous, but I didn't. Have, so I just said, hey, I want to pray for you. And the Lord let me pray for him. You know, I was really good. I had a flow of the Spirit Anyway, the next day, he uh, got a hold of me and talked to me, and he said, I was up, and my wife asked me why I was so quiet and what's wrong with me, and he said, um, that prayer you prayed, now I'll give Jesus all the glory. I do. It's not Brad Kittle. It's, you know, Jeff prays for people. Evelyn prays for people. I know you got a healing, Sister Lois. I know you did when they prayed for you, um, but he said, I couldn't get over that prayer you prayed, and I prayed for a lot of things, but I prayed for his back specifically. He said, I had no pain in my back that night at all, and I haven't been pain-free in my back. And he said, and I went hunting, deer hunting the next day, and he said, I literally had no pain in my back. All the pain. And he says, he says what did you do? <clears throat> he said, couldn't quit thinking about the prayer. And he says, what happened? And I told him, I said, uh, Brian, it was the grace of God. God's grace. It was just the grace of God. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. God just touched you. So that, that was, isn't that awesome? Yeah. 
And uh, I believe for our church, I don't know how many churches pray for the sick in faith and believe in that, but I believe for our church, that's one of our responsibilities because I think there's not a lot that really do that ministry. Do you know in, um, am I forgetting anything? Kids are gone, everything's good, yeah. You know, um, I can get going and forget. Do you know in James 5, uh, I think it's 17, Jeff, you can check me on this, it's, or maybe 16, it's around there. James says, is anyone sick? And he's talking to believers, isn't he? And he says, if you are, call for the elders of the church and pray over them, anoint them with oil. And what, what else does he say now? He says, the prayer of faith, heal the sick. And that word save the sick is used sometimes. That word save is sozo, it means heal, deliver, preserve. And so that's actually just like taking communion, Larry. Bible says take communion, right? That's actually an ordinance of the church. And what it is, if you're struggling in an area of physical health, you can call the elders people that believe. And uh, now if they don't believe, I'd go get somebody else. I'd just say, hey, you know, my church doesn't believe. They don't do that. Well, uh, I'd, I'd go get someone that does believe. But the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And I can't preach this sermon, but I've got one coming on it. And it says, if they've committed sins, what? Forgiven. forgiven. Now, there is a connection between forgiveness of sins and healing in the Bible. I don't know if you know that or not. And I am not saying that if you're sick, you've sinned. I'm not saying that. But, but, but there's a connection with forgiveness. The same atonement that provided for your forgiveness of sins provided for your healing. Not a, it wasn't a different body being, your, your sins were born in Jesus's body on the tree, and that's the same body that received stripes. Someone say amen. amen. Anything we get from God, my next week's sermon is going to be about faith, if the Lord will, if I can teach on faith, the importance of faith. But anything we receive from God, we get it by God's grace. We're going to talk about that a little bit today, through faith, Right? It's by God's grace. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. And, and, and it's, it's faith that accesses God's grace. I remember Pam and I, we saw, I don't even want to say, we saw a Christian movie this this week, and we've really enjoyed uh, this series of movies, and it's really good. We were watching it, and in this one scene, uh, it's fictitious. It doesn't follow the Bible perfectly. No Christian movie does. You know that. They put stuff in there. But in one scene, one of Jesus' disciples has a physical ailment. And uh, Jesus has asked this guy to go heal the sick. And he's, he's sick himself. Wouldn't that be challenging? You know, you're sick. You can do it. You know, just go pray for the sick, right? But, and then, but Jesus tells him in, in this thing, he says, I've chosen you basically because I trust you, I've chosen you for this sickness. And uh, you're going to keep your sickness and glorify God, and I've chosen you for that. The problem with that, it's not in the Bible. It sounds good. It sounds really religious. It sounds good. You bear up under your sickness. God's given you a thorn. You're like Paul. He's given you a thorn in the flesh, Right? And uh, we, we assume we know what that thorn is and that Paul was sick. And, of course, it doesn't say that. We'll teach on it. You're not Paul, number one. 
you haven't been to heaven, number two, and you haven't had the abundance of revelations. Because if you did, you'd know that God heals the sick. Amen? Paul was raising the dead. Someone say amen. Now, the reason I bring that up is there's a lot of religious teaching out there about healing and all these things. And if you, uh, if everything comes by grace, you don't earn it, right? What if you thought you had to earn God's forgiveness for your sins? And you were taught that. Or that God chose you not to have your sins forgiven. You're special. And you've got to carry the burden of your sin. You sinned and messed up. And God loves you so much that you're going to have to go to, you know, some sin prison and bear your burden. What do you think about that? It's anti-gospel. And that's anti-good news, okay? It's contrary to the good news of the gospel. But if that's how you were taught, or what if you were taught by witnesses that said that you had to go out and you had to witness every day? This week, you two, I'm anointing you two to go out, all your neighbors, knock on all their doors, and if you knock on 300 doors and at least five people get saved, you may go to heaven. And by the way, get some people healed too while you're at it, and I need some money, okay, as well, and then you'll go to heaven. What if you just started putting things on people, giving them works to do? You wouldn't believe right, would you? Your thinking would be tainted. Unfortunately, even preachers get this wrong. And uh, your, your thinking would be tainted about the gospel and about forgiveness of sins, wouldn't it? So when we hear the gospel, we have to teach it right. Now, if you have something wrong in your body or something's going on, there's no condemnation in Christ. God loves you. You know, we, we have things we struggle with. No one is saying that. We're not saying you're sick and God's mad at you. You haven't been healed and all these things. No one's saying that. But what I am saying, the Bible does say, does it not, that the prayer of faith will heal the sick? Yes. Psalms 103 says, get this, Michelle. And the reason I'm bringing this up is we need to learn. When Lewis, I heard about Lewis, I remembered Randy in the hospital and how Brian and I prayed for Randy when I heard from Brian, Randy, he had you in the grave. I'm sorry. He had you about half buried, one hand out of the ground, right? I remember I was up in Barnes & Noble, and the Lord told me, be very careful what you believe right now, Brad. He did. He's like, you better pray. Don't pray some religious prayer for Randy. Oh, get Patty ready because she's going to miss old Randy. Prepare her heart, right? No, was, God said, you better pray. And I saw we prayed and believed. And it's, it's not about me, folks. I struggle with the same things you do. It's not about me. But the Lord, I know him a little bit, and he told me, pray faith. Well, when I heard about Lewis, the Lord said, pray faith. I don't care what I heard after that. The Lord told me, in my, he said, pray faith over Lewis. And I didn't worry about him again. He looked pretty good when I saw him Friday, to be honest with you. I know he, there's more healing to come, and I, if we can slow that guy down. Amen. Yeah, good luck. He told me he's always been like a bull in a china closet. That's so he got he slowed. He's seventy some years old. Got to slow him down a little bit. But I know that I have to pray in faith, right? I'm not preparing Marla, you know, for disaster. And we want to believe God because the Bible says that. The Bible tells us the prayer of faith will save the sick. And you know, someone had asked me recently, and I think Jeff, we talked about this in elders meeting about people we've prayed for and they didn't receive their healing, or it didn't come our way. Folks, I've learned things that I don't understand, I just leave it with God. Someone say amen. I do, I leave it with God. Do everybody know we're all going to die one day or another? I want to die just snoring, you know, and one day I'm there, and 
I love you, Pam. I'm, I'll see you later. Boom. No, actually, I, I want you to be gone already, to be honest. <laughs> no, I don't mean it like that. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That is not what I'm, no, 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 no. You're not putting that on me. I have prayed and asked Jesus that I can take care of Pam. That's the truth. Yeah, 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 where's, yeah, the do-over, the do-over. <laughs> and what I mean by that, and what I mean by that is I want to see her off. I, 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 I don't, I just don't want Pam here without me. I want to take care of her. I love her. How do you like that? Okay. That's the truth. And so I'm praying, you know, and, but you know, even that things don't always work out that way, right? Well, I leave all that to the Lord. The Lord told me to pray in faith. Didn't he tell me that? told you that too. And I could read, I got sermons coming. And because why? People, I prayed with a lady this week that was so tormented. Come on now, listen to me, Christians. You're Christians, are you not? This lady was so tormented by demons. I'm talking fear that's literally wrenching her gut, cannot go out of her house, anxiety. She can't see her grandkids and all these things are going on in her life. Someone's got to be able to pray and Tell that devil to get off of her. It's unnatural. There's normal fear. Don't give in to fear. There's normal anxieties. Anxiety is normal. Don't give in to it. Learn to renew your mind with the word. But then there is supernatural fear. Anybody ever had that? Something just tries to set. Or su- anybody ever has supernatural depression or supernatural? It's like something beyond you. It's not normal. And it tries to roost over you. We got to know, Daniel said, in Daniel, those that know their God will be strong and will do exploits. Amen? Acts 10.38 says, everywhere that Jesus went, he was doing good, healing all of those that were oppressed by the devil. Why? Because God was with him. Amen? We are those people. Rise and shine. I taught a few weeks ago, because your light has come, and the glory of God's on you. And the Lord wants you to believe He's on you. Rodney, I don't care. You have your cane. We prayed for you a thousand times. You can take your cane. You're out of your brace. Praise the, praise the Lord. Amen. That's, amen. Amen. And I prayed with you. I pray, anyway, praise the Lord. I don't care if you're on your cane. You go lay hands on people. Everybody in the cane you see, put your hand on. But praise God, you're out of your uh, thing there, huh? Good news. Praise the Lord. Sometimes healings happen instantly. Sometimes they take time. One's a miracle. One's a healing. Someone say amen. Amen. That was kind of free. Uh, If something happens instantly, it's normal. A a miracle. God does miracles, folks. And we don't do them. God does. We got to be. Anyway, praise the Lord. What I'm saying is, folks, we are the church. In Mark 16, it says that. Believers will lay hands on sick, pe- sick people, and what will happen? They're going to recover. Not if you don't believe it, you won't lay hands on anybody, and then you won't expect them to be healed. And then what happens, sometimes things don't turn out the way we want. We get disappointed, so we never act on the Lord. And get this, we never learn to believe God. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I've struggled trying to believe God. Am I the only one? Has ever struggled? Folks, listen. You say, well, I like to do this. I like to move this off a of healing. I like to talk about something else so you understand it. How many of you have ever not walked in peace? 
How about this week? Be honest, anybody? The Bible promises you peace. Why aren't you walking in it? I'm not saying it like that. You see what I'm saying? The Bible promises you peace, but you've got to go after it. You've got to believe God for it. You've got to, and this is why we spend time in the Word, Jeff. This is why we spend time in prayer. I turn Fox off. It's, it's half lies or 70% lies anyway. We spend time in God's Word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Folks, we have a, this song about going into God's presence, and that's my message today. I'm, I wrote it all out for you. So if I don't get to it, you can read it. This song about going into God's presence, folks, if we really believe in God, and we do, and we really believe God's real, we can really go into His presence. And what, what do we get when we go in God's presence? Well, look, look, this is the first scripture I wrote out here. Missy, if I make grammatical mistakes, can you correct them for me and send them to me? I know you're a teacher. I'm doing the best I can. The very first scripture is Hebrews uh, 4, 14 and 16. You can read it all. It says, seeing then we have a great high priest, that's the song, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain what? Mercy and grace to help in time of need. We can go to the throne of God's grace at any time through the blood of Jesus, through Jesus Christ, and we can get God's mercy on our life. And I want to tell you how important mercy is. Sonny, anything you get from God, you're going to get it because God's merciful. Amen? We even get grace because of God's mercy. I was reading through Romans, and you guys know recently about making your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. He says, in view of God's mercy... Or because of the mercies of God, we should present our bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Because God is so merciful. There's not a sin you've committed, Brad. And you and I have committed a lot of sins. We know. We've talked. Brad, both, of, both of us, Brads, together probably have more sins than all of the rest of you in the room. We've had conversations. God has been so merciful on you, and he's been so merciful on me, he's wiped out all my sins. I didn't earn forgiveness. I don't deserve forgiveness. I think about things I've done. I was even raised going to church, and I fell away from the Lord, and I, just the things I've done, it's embarrassing. The life I've lived, the sins I've committed, it's, it's embarrassing. Do you know the devil, help me stay on target, the devil wants to shame you in sins. I remember, I want to be gentle and delicate about this. I had a neighbor, he was a man, he was a few years older than me, and he asked me to pray for him. He literally was out on his porch dressed in a dress, a grown man. And he wasn't a homosexual man, but he was in a dress. You remember it, don't you, Pammy? I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm a God's full of the Holy Ghost. And I just wanted to pray for him. And he actually told me, he said, the devil is driving him out of his house in a dress, like more or less forcing him to wear a dress in public. I don't know how it works spiritually, shaming him. True story, isn't it, Pam? Shaming him. He's sitting there, a man in a dress, and he knows it's the devil forcing him out. 
in there. Satan wants to mar the image of God. He wants to mar our reputation. He wants young ladies to do things that will embarrass him. He wants young boys to do things that will embarrass him. He's trying to confuse us. He wants us steeped in sin, our lives confused, where we're, we don't know God, and, and, and the, the sin blocks the very image of God in our life. He's bad. This woman I was talking about this week, he's bad. And you, you deal with a lot of people, Danny, because you do that, that wonderful ministry of subway recovery. By God's grace and his mercy, he has invaded our life, and all of that stuff is forgiven. By God's mercy. That is why we do not judge people. I, th- I believe homosexuality is a sin, but I, I just, sorry, I, I just believe it is because of the word. We were talking about it, but I don't have a, an, an axe to grind. I'm not out trying to find people to condemn, and you know, I want to tell them the good news about the gospel. I want to tell them about Jesus Christ and how he loves them. I want to be very delicate and sensitive to that issue, but I still know things are, there is right and there is wrong. Someone say amen. amen. Still love people. You got someone in your family that's sexually confused. Keep loving them and keep giving them the gospel. We're not here to condemn them, but I'd be praying for them. Because in the end, it's only God's grace and His mercy that's ever going to change anybody. I am a witness. I am a changed person. I'm not who I was, and I had a lot of issues. I'd be too embarrassed to tell you all my issues, but Jesus truly saved me. How about you? Anybody else get saved here? He really saved me. I think that's why I, I, I witness and I talk to people about Jesus all the time because it's real to me. I know what I was. I know who I am. I'm, I'm not perfect, but I know I'm in process. I'm, not, I'm definitely not who I used to be. And not only that, I don't want to go back to sin. Do, do you? Why would you want to go back to the, the, the Bible says it's like a dog going back to his vomit or a pig going back to his slop. Why would you want to go back to it? We have good news that if someone wants to be free, God wants to free them. Sinners, people that don't know, they're not our enemies. I, I, I know people that they, they're afraid of everything and they, they watch all this stuff and they've kind of got an us and them mentality like people over here are like this and we're over here. And I, I'm trying to explain to them and tell that's not how it works. It's not us and them. It's all of us. We're separated from God. We were all unworthy to be saved. We were all sinners. And only by the grace of God and in view of God's mercy, God has pulled us out of the fire and saved us. And now, rather than separate like they did under the law, you're unclean, you're unholy, we are to go out to those people that are lost like Jesus did in his name and tell them what God has done for us. And if they want to hear it and they're open, they'll get saved. And if they don't, they may persecute you. I don't know. But we're to love our enemies. We're to go after people that do not know the Lord. Did you know that? All of this is in view of God's mercy. Don't forget God, how merciful God's been in your life. It's impossible for us to judge other people when we just look at our own life. Some of us this week. Probably got stuff that we just like to sweep under the carpet. Someone say amen. So as I was reading, I guess I'm working into my sermon. As I was reading into Romans, 
And I told you as I preached it, how I was backtracking into Romans. What I found out is that everything that Paul was preaching about our Christian conduct and how to live, everything in there, as I was backtracking, I saw, saw that Paul was building a case of God's mercy. And, and Paul the apostle said that God concluded both Jews, religious people, Gentiles, people that didn't know, the religious, the non-religious, he concluded that they were all in disobedience and that they were all in sin. Why did he conclude that everyone was in disobedience, Jeff? Why did God say everybody's disobedient? I preached on it about three weeks ago. It's right here in Romans 11.32. God concluded all of humanity in disobedience. Look it up. It's, the whole context is amazing because he wanted to have mercy on everybody. He wants to have mercy on everybody. So the church is a house of mercy. And as I saw that and I went back further into Romans, God said, you know, it says that in Romans 15, he says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy right? Well, you find out as you go into Romans 11, that's everybody. He wants to have mercy on every single person. He even says, it's not of the man that runneth or the man that willeth our salvation, our deliverance, our healing, our freedom. It's not of man that wills. It's not of man that runs. It's the God that shows mercy in our lives. Isn't that amazing? Someone say amen. It's encouraging. I want to encourage you as believers because the way that we get into this thing is the way that we stay into it. A lot of times we forsake our own mercy by starting to put up all these standards on ourselves, like thinking, I'm not good enough. I got saved, but I'm not good enough now. I got saved by grace through faith, but I'm not good enough now. God won't answer my, you know, we, we start putting up these, or on other people, well, I'm doing pretty good. You know, they're my enemy now because they're not living like I do, or they don't believe like I do. Now this person, we start setting up all these barriers we often need to come back to ground zero. And the mercy and grace of God is ground zero for every Christian. Someone say amen. It's true. So I love the Gospels, and I've been reading in the Gospels. So, so I had this understanding that God is deepening in my heart. When I was praying this morning, and, and, and I said this recently when I was preaching, when I was praying this morning and I was raising my hands at home and here, I have this keen understanding, this keen revelation that I am going before God literally, and Jeff, I know that God accepts me. And I know that God accepts me because I'm coming through the blood of Christ, and I'm coming to a throne of grace to obtain mercy. It's changing my prayer life with God. I'm not going to God saying, God, I witnessed to this person. I prayed for this person. I did, I did. I'm saying, God, I'm coming to you through Jesus. And, and I got a whole other message about how we should live holy. There's no doubt about it. You can't preach everything in one day. But I don't go, go to God to receive grace and mercy, bringing my righteousness with me. I don't bring my righteousness with me. I bring Jesus' righteousness with me. Amen. 
And God does deal with us when we're not walking right or doing right. He will deal with us. But what I found out then, folks, as I was reading the gospel, and you could flip over to, uh, go ahead and flip over to Luke 17. I'm going to start in about verse 11. And this is in so many places in the gospels. It really started coloring my vision as I was reading in the gospels. I started seeing so many things in there about God's mercy and what Jesus was doing coming to earth. I saw it plain as day. Chapter 17 of Luke, verse 11 says, It came to pass as he, Jesus, went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Who, who knows why they stood afar off? They weren't allowed to come close. They were unclean. They had to yell unclean. They weren't allowed to. In the Old Testament, lepers had to stay away. You didn't come near them because they would make you unholy. We said before in the New Testament, we go after them and we make them holy. Come on now. Old Testament, they make you holy, unholy. New Testament, we make them holy. We go touch them. Like, oh, I shared that testimony recently. And they lifted up their voices and said, Master, we've done really good this week. We've tithed and we've given offerings and we gave to Samaritan's purse and we witnessed and... and, and yeah, and how your Bible reads. I got the message Bible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they lifted up their voices. They, at first, they acknowledged Jesus. They knew where their answer was. They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on my children. Have mercy on Lewis, Lord. Lord, Master, have mercy on Charlie. Lord, Lord, Master, have mercy on Dana's friend. Lord, Master, have mercy on my mom and dad. They said, Lord, great place to start. Have mercy on me. And Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. Why did Jesus tell him to do that? You know, go ahead, Jeff. The law. When you were cleansed, when you were cleansed, you had to go show yourself to the, the uh, not the police, the priest. It was the law of Moses. So he's telling them before they even got their healing, a little bit of faith here, Bo. Before they even got their healing, he's telling them, go show yourself to the priest. That meant you're clean, go show yourself to the priest. And on their way, what happened? They were cleansed on their way. They, they did what Jesus, when you do what Jesus says, good things happen. That's the whole word of God. Anything you do in the word that Jesus says, it's good. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, Jeff, as they went, that's faith, they were cleansed. On their way to show themselves clean, they were cleansed. And then one turned around and glorified God. God, Jesus healed all ten, didn't he? The grateful, 
and maybe the ungrateful. One of them was grateful. One of them, but he, but he didn't take, did he take, did it say, well, then Jesus went back and took back his healing? No, you know what? He was healing all over Israel, constantly healing people, showing them the grace and mercy of God. And in the end, they, they, they greeted him coming into Jerusalem. In the end, they all turned their backs on him. They all turned their backs on him. Even the 12 turned their backs on him. And he hung on that tree and said, Father, forgive them. He didn't take it back. He didn't take back his forgiveness. He didn't take back the healing. He didn't take it back. They didn't deserve it then. They don't deserve it now. You, does anybody think you deserve God's blessing right now? We're not under deserve. We're under grace through faith. If you're really a Christian, you want to live right. God's law is in your heart. That's what, when you get saved, Doug, when you get saved, sorry, Brian, when you get saved, God pours his law and will into your heart. So the battle becomes a faith battle because we get temptation, something that's outside of our real identity, right? And we can succumb to it, but it's not our, sin is not our identity anymore. The real grace of God is he changes your nature, and you know it when you're fighting and fussing with your spouse or you're being unkind. You know how many like to do that? How many love nipping at your, your spouse? He, he does? <laughs> Woo, glory to God. You know you don't. And men, you know when you get tempted in physical areas and you succumb, it's shameful. And you don't want to succumb to it because you know you're a righteous person and you're not supposed to live that way. You know it. It brings you shame. You got to go to Jesus and ask to be cleansed because you have a new nature. I used to sin so easy. It was... Colton, it, was so, it used to be so easy to sin. And one of the things when you give your life to the Lord, a lot of times when you're making that adjustment, learning how to follow Him by faith, you slip up. It's not fun anymore. Jesus takes all the fun out of sin. If you're still enjoying it, you better get saved. But the truth is, God writes his, by His mercy when you get saved. He actually puts His nature in you. And then it's a battle with the devil and life, the world, the flesh, and the devil, always trying to pull you away from the Lord. But if you follow the Lord and you're after Him, you'll know that your real identity is Jesus. How many of you here have seen a sick person ever? Be honest. Someone on the street and you wanted to go pray for him? Just out there, not here in church, but out and about. That's the Lord inside of you. How many of you have ever seen someone and something inside of you just wants you to go share Jesus with them in any way? Make, bake a cookie, make, make, say something to them. That's the Lord inside of you wanting to break out. So he gave him mercy. Look, flip over, I think it's in uh, the next chapter. How am I doing, Jesus? All good. Because I'm about ready to start preaching here. Listen to this. Next chapter, and, and I could go through one story, I hope this is okay, I could go through one story after another and show you the same thing. Man, when we realize we have the mercy of God, that God's not mad at you, that the blood of Jesus is enough, he's, not trying, he's trying to keep you in, he's trying to help you, he's trying to progress you, he, he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit, grace is God's power on display, mercy is flat out, I forgive you, you don't owe me anything, you owe me $50, Larry, Keep the $50. You are forgiven. You don't have to pay me back. And then grace is, and by the way, this is grace. Mercy is you keep it. You don't need to pay me back. Grace is, Larry, I forgive you. You can cut my grass and you can pay me back. God gives you the power to do what he wants you to do. Someone say amen. It does say that. He gives you the power 
to live above sin. He gives you the power to walk right. Mercy is just flat-out forgiveness. Dude, I forgive you. You don't owe me a penny. Someone say amen. Listen to this right here in Luke, Luke 18. This is powerful. This will empower your life because you will see God's heart towards you. Just like when your children mess up and your children get in sin and your children make mistakes, if you're even a halfway decent parent, do you want to smash your kids? Why do you correct them? Because you love them, because you want something good. Why do you pray for them? Why do you correct them? Why do you agonize when they do bad things? Because you love them. And even when we don't discipline right, we do it out of anger and we get frustrated and all these things come in our life. Even when we don't even do it right, our heart is still, we want to help them. Now, if we're who we are and we're that way toward our kids, how much more is God that way toward us? He is not slapping you down. He's not. And I'm sorry if I've ever preached. I, I, there's such a balance because God does want us to live holy. But when you know that you are already holy and you're not battling flesh and blood, you're battling, then you'll, go, you'll humble yourself and get help from people. You'll get people to pray for you because you realize you're in a battle. You'll crack your Bible open and say, Lord, help me. You'll go pray and say, God, I'm coming to your throne of grace because I know that you want to give me mercy. So in chapter, uh, verse 9, chapter 18, he spake a parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed uh, with himself and said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. That's the heart of judgment right there. I thank you that I'm not like that old sinner. D.L. Moody said, I'm just like that sinner, except for the grace of God. He, he pulled a guy, help us, Jesus. He pulled a guy out of the gutter once, and someone was with him. Guy was alcoholic, and he pulled him up shared love with him, helped him out. I think he gave him some money, helped the guy out, loved on him, told him about Jesus, treated him with respect and dignity. And the guy with him said, why did you do that? Why did you, you know, why did you do that? He says, why do you always do that? And he says, there, but for the grace of God, go I. He had a revelation that I am no different than that guy. I have that revelation because I wasn't a good guy. I have it somewhat. Some of you have been going to church all your life. You're pretty outwardly good, right? But you're no different than the guy in the gutter. And if you are, it's because of the grace of God. God will show you. Okay, so the Pharisee stood and prayed with himself and said, I thank you that I'm not like other men. They're extortioners. They're unjust. They vote Democrat. They're adulterer. No, wait a minute. I'm just teasing Jesus. And uh, they, <laughs> oh, Jesus, or even as the publican, I fast <laughs> twice. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Help us. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all I possess. And the publican standing afar off. Is it wrong to tithe? I tithe. Is it wrong to fast? I hate fasting, but I do fast. Sometimes I fast. Is it wrong not to be an extortioner? 
Is it wrong not to commit adultery? You shouldn't be doing those things, should you? Where was this guy basing his righteousness? On himself. You better not commit adultery. It's against your new nature. It's not good. You will, God, oh, praise the Lord. The publican staying afar off would not so much as lift up his eyes to heaven, but he smote his breast and he said, God, someone say it with me, be merciful to me, a sinner. And I tell you, this man went down to his house justified and not the other. For everyone who exalts himself shall be abased, and everyone who humbles himself shall be exalted. Now, I'm telling you, I understand we're the righteousness of God in Christ. because I, we, Didn't I already tell you we have a new identity? Didn't I already tell you that? We have a new identity. Our sins have been washed away. We're not classically sinners like the Bible says. But still, I'm going to show you out, out of Peter, our new nature... Our salvation is only based on the mercy of God. In fact, I'll go there right now. The very, well, I must be getting to the end. The very last scripture I have written down here is in Peter, in 1 Peter, well, uh, 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant, what? Mercy has begotten us again. We're born again unto a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. How are we born again? How have we received the new nature? How are we different than anybody else through God's abundant mercy? Mercy. Mercy. You're a Christian because God's been merciful to you. You know what sin is because God's been merciful to you. One of the complaints in the book of Jonah God said, these people can't even tell they're left from the right. They can't even, they're so much in darkness. They can't even see their hand in front of their face. He said, shouldn't I be merciful to them? Don't you want me to be merciful to them? We are the light of the world. God has lit us up. We know who Jesus is. God has been merciful to us. Someone say amen. Who once were not a people, but now are the people of God who had not obtained mercy but have obtained what? Mercy. So here's the point of this message. All of us at all times are always once and for all saved by God's mercy. We go to the throne room of God's grace. We're not going to transform enough and look like Jesus enough that we're not going to need God's mercy. The forgiveness of sins in your life and God's working in your life. There will never be a time where it's not God's grace and where it's not God's mercy. If I start shining and beaming with the glory of God, that's because if I would and if I did, it is only because I've been in the presence of God. If I can come out and in my daily walk and be bold and lay hands on sick people and do things for God, it is only because I have gone to the throne room of grace and God has poured out his mercy. In Hebrews 5, it says that Jesus cried out with tears because he feared and respected God. He cried out and God had grace on him. He was heard because he feared Jesus. And even though he was a son, he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Jesus cried out to God. Jesus had to resist the devil. Amen? Why am I saying this, folks? Because we need to make this ground zero in our life. You may disagree with me on this teaching or that teaching. I don't care. I mean, I do care, but, but I don't care because I want us to come to ground zero and understand if we can get this right, we're going to treat our relationship with God different. You're going to walk in a lot more grace. 
And when you walk in grace, there's going to be power in your life. You're going to get prayers answered. Things are going to start happening because you're going to approach God right. And in view of God's mercy, you're going to present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Because you're going to see it's just your reasonable service. It's your spiritual act of worship to give God your life. He's been so good to you. It's just your reasonable service to love people. To love, Amen? To love God. And we don't want to wander too far off from that revelation. Because when we do, we start feeling unworthy and condemned because we're never good enough. We never measure up. We don't deserve to be healed. We don't deserve God's blessing. We don't... No, you don't, but you can still go to God and get mercy. And that stuff you struggle with, if you go to God and ask for His mercy, He'll pour out His mercy. You think God wants you to be bound in sin? No. All right, where do I go, Jesus? I'm done. All right, Lord, you reminded me. Um, I... I I see little many pictures when I pray. A lot of times on Sunday morning, I'll see little pictures. And, and uh, I don't know. I, I ask God, I go, is this, is this from you, Lord? Remind me if it is. But I want to pray for people that need mercy in their life. In fact, I'm going to ask Isaiah and Brielle to come up. That one song, Amazing Grace, okay? We're, it's seven till. We're doing great. We're doing great. We'll beat the Baptist down to Watts. I want to open the altar up for people that need God's mercy in their life, okay? And, and, and mercy, when we, when we get God's mercy, His grace is right there with it. His grace will empower you to do the things that you're supposed to do. His mercy is going to, even all your sins are removed, all your guilt, everything is wiped out, your record's clean. And then you go to the throne of grace, it says in that scripture, to get help in time of need. Mercy wipes it out. Grace gives you power, help in time of need. I saw this little picture, and I know you guys know that I, that I, I, I do see things sometimes when I pray. It's just a snapshot. It was so quick, and I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, was that you? I don't know why I saw that, but I saw like a, a fire, um, what do they call those things? Hydrant, a fire hydrant. Anybody have any encounters with fire hydrants this week? <laughs> huh? Tell me about it. You had a house fire. Okay, amen. Okay, good. Not good. But <laughs> yeah, I always do that. I always do They're good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's good. That, that's good. So in this picture I had, it's a fire hydrant, and... It had two. I'd never seen one like this. It had two nozzles. You ever have them like that? Usually have one, right? They have three. Okay, this one had two. Maybe it was a third. I don't know. But it had two nozzles. They were going from the right to the left. And one had red, which they're yellow, right? But one side had red on it. And I asked, I go, Lord, what is that? And he said, there's someone in your congregation. They've got two emergencies, two. And one's more urgent than the other. And he, God wants to give you grace and mercy in this area. I don't know what that would be, but as I was praying into it, I just felt like the Lord was saying, they got two things going on in their lives. Does that speak to anybody? It's two things. You'd know it right away. Okay, 
Chrissy, when I pray, then I want you to come up and I want to pray with you. Is there anybody else? You would know it right away. You wouldn't have to think too long on it. There's two things in your life, and one's worse than the other, and you need prayer for it. No? Okay. I am sure. Is it you? I'm sure it's somebody. Okay, is it you? We're going to uh, bite up for prayer. You, you would know it. You wouldn't have to even think. God would say, boom, that's you. Okay, so we're going to pray. Now, I'm going to open the altar up. If you need mercy in any area of your life, a struggle, it could be a sin, it could be a sickness, it could be something spiritual, it could be finance, it could be anything, God wants to give you mercy today, he wants to pour out on you. I want to pray for you, and I want to believe... When I prayed for Gideon the other day for his back, I felt that much faith. I just did it out of obedience. I mean, I, I wasn't in unbelief. I just prayed because God said to pray, and uh, God gave him a mighty miracle in his back. Amen? Just because he came up asking for God's grace and mercy. It was all based on God's desire. So let's stand up, and as we sing that uh, amazing grace, I want you to come forward if you need prayer.